Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome to another RTAF podcast. Thanks for being here. Today we have Braylon Resco Stewart on the podcast with us. Uh, Braylon, you're a muralist, a tattoo artist, a father. How do you do it all, man? <laughs> well, I don't even know. Honestly, it's it's they all kind of interwork with each other. Like being a father comes first and foremost. But that also gives me the drive to be a better artist yeah. and a better person all the way around. So, you know, with, with my careers, that just I just think of my son and, like, I think of my legacy, what I want to leave behind, what I want him to see when, you know, he grows up. And, and as he's grown up, what he sees from me. So that's, that's my basic values is, you know, you don't worry about how you do it. You just, it's, it's it. your duty to do it. Yeah. You know? So would you say your son is like a pretty big inspiration for oh, yeah, absolutely. the art hustle? Um, I mean, I've always been an art hustler like my entire life, but ever since he's came into my life four years ago, like it's definitely amped up my hunger for sustaining myself with my own art. Right. Nice. Well, how'd you get started with it all? Started painting or started doing art? Just art in general, I guess. But we could we can talk about painting too. We can, we can go all the way back to like yeah, Britt, take us all the way back, man. All right, well, story time. I was a uh, I was born in Youngstown, Ohio, um, and we stayed a short stint there. Um, my parents ended up divorcing, and we ended up going to uh, Germany with my uh, stepfather. He was in the army. He was guarding the uh, national or the um, Berlin Wall as they were taking it down. Oh, word. People were revolting. Yeah. So I've always been interested in art or whatever, but I remember one specific thing, um, him coming home with a chunk of like center block with like a little bit of yellow spray paint on it. And he said, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, this is an important piece of something that stands in the way of everybody's freedom right so he kept it and years later i found out that it was spray paint yada 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 (laughs) Uh, but i've always been an artist i've always been classically trained to paint um picking up spray paint was just me urging to want to do bigger mediums bigger paintings yeah when did you start that the murals i'd say my junior year in high school when i started my um advanced uh my advanced studio class like concentration mm-hmm. i wanted to integrate um all of spray paint and like mixed media and like big pieces so they would let me like put out big pieces of paper outside the back of manual and i would because i went to manual high school i was in a va program so my teacher would let me go outside and put all the paper up you know spray paint on yeah, it yeah. and then bring it inside and kind of work on it there um after that, you know, graduating high school, you know, um, I did it like everybody else. I hit the streets, you know, uh, me formed a crew. We uh, we did our damage and it got to the point where I was also doing personal uh, rooms with my fr- for my friends and mm. my friend's moms. And nice. that turned into uh, something like developing a program with kids where I go into community centers and like teach them how to 
properly do uh, aerosol muralism or graffiti or even like develop a style of art based off of aerosol yeah. and then go out and clean up their neighborhoods. Because nice. if their neighborhoods have like just some tags on the wall or whatever, I want to make sure that they understand that those tags are there because either they're there as a part of a forward movement in graffiti or they're they're there to um, degrade your area, you know? Right, so, right. So I want people to understand the difference between it, you know, like a, a graffiti tag is a graffiti tag, but like somebody just throwing something on the wall, you know, is is more detrimental to your to your neighborhood. Right. Because they're not really, like, trying. Mm -mm. They're just like, I want to write my name. Or whatever. Yeah, And that's the big part about graffiti, man. It's like, you got to think beyond a name. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, muralism is being accepted so much. Like, like, old school graffiti artists need to, like, step back and be like, okay, well, you know, the younger cats that are coming up, we can't really hate on them for painting some abstract form that doesn't look like old traditional, you know, graffiti letters, you know? Right. And I accepted that, you know, but that's also coming from a European upbringing and like checking out European artwork and all that stuff too. Yeah. I mean, Berlin has a pretty dope mural Mm -hmm. scene Mm -hmm. nowadays for sure. I definitely want to go back as an adult. Yeah. To all the places I grew up as a child. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, we should mention that we are in uh, Louisville, Kentucky right now. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I'm back here visiting family and working on a mural with uh, Braylon and Whitney Holburn. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we are in Derby City Market, this funky warehouse full of awesome antiques and knickknacks. And, I mean, just a lot of cool shit, as you can see. So shouts Derby City Market and Justin for having us today. Yes, thank you, Justin. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about um, murals some more. Uh, I'm always curious as to, or I like to talk about how to get murals, how to procure mm. a an official, legit, legal wall. There's, there's. Well, first of all. I think it's very important to establish yourself as an artist and perfect your craft before you do that. You can't just come out and say, I want to be a mural artist. You have to have some sort of developed like um, process, what you want to be recognized as. Yeah. And that's what your kind of guidelines are going to go by. If you want to be recognized as somebody is painting like traditional hand si- hand painted, like letter signs and stuff you're going to be in the market to do like sign around businesses and things if mm-hmm. you're in a market to like paint beautiful like re- photorealistic landscapes yeah you're, you're in a different mural market if you're doing what we do like aerosol murals you're kind of in the middle of both of them because you're able to go big or small you're able to get more um details more gradients more colors are used it's just it's just like um, to get started, you really need to understand the meat and bones of what you're wanting to do and what you're wanting to represent. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, there's a there's a lot of red tape to cut through. Right. Right. If you don't have a developed style, you don't have a name, you don't have any sort of like something to present, then it's going to be a lot harder to cut through the red tape. See right. what I'm saying? Like I've I've cut through a lot of red tape over my years of like 15 years of doing this. So when I first started out. I would have to submit so many like sketches, talk to people, like work up my own budget, use most of most of the mural budget for supplies, so I wasn't uh-huh. getting paid much. Right. But after trial and error and like figuring out what works and what doesn't work, it's a lot easier for me to kind of target. Okay, this wall's in this area, so I'm gonna need permission from an historic uh, accountability uh, or. Um, you know, like a bunch of people that like run with the city or yes. do I have to figure out if that's a privately owned building or, you know, it's, it's just a lot of things that you got to take in consideration. Not only that, like what, what type of uh, mural you're going to put there is right. it appropriate for the scene. Is it going to fit in? Is it going to be, is it going to stand out in a good way or a bad way? You know, you want to, you want to subtly, you want to, you're, you want your work to subtly change people. You don't want them to like walk up and, you know, you want them to generate a thought. Right, right. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, 
What's your process with making murals? Do you usually sketch things out or do you practice a lot just freestyling? Um, My whole career, I've kind of been just freestyling. Yeah. Um, I've never really used a projector. This is my first time using a projector, honestly. Nice. Um, What I usually do is like I'll take a picture of a wall. I'll draw on my iPad, make my references. I'll walk up to the wall and I'll physically just start sketching with a lighter spray paint can yeah. step back go with a dark a shade darker correct what i need to correct and as i as i paint i'm filling stuff in blocking it out so it's kind of like a, a process of if i'm drawing right on a piece of paper i consider that wall a piece of paper you know as right. far as spacing and everything totally so you're just doing the composition kind of as you go along no, the composition's already in my head. I already okay. have the whole wall planned out in my head. Got it. But where my body is considered on a on a piece of or where a pencil is on a piece of paper, my yeah. body's considered on that wall. Right. So Got at you. that point of origin is where I draw from. So wow. I zero in on it, you know, like say with Floyd, I was like zeroed in on like kind of like a, a typewriter section at a time, like two bricks at a time. That's how much I was zeroing in on it so that way i didn't have to step back right i had i could just trust what i was seeing in that little strip you know right yeah counting bricks is something that's new to me counting bricks helps um you know looking at references off the ground also helps points Mm -hmm. on the tops of buildings like there's lots of ways that you can go about doing it um look towards like you know michelangelo and leonardo when they were planning their murals and all that stuff you know there's a certain flow to how things are going to be shown on a grand scale because when you look at a massive mural you can't just look at the whole thing you look and like your eye works around it so you have to have a flow to it you know what i'm saying yeah totally yeah totally so um who are some of your influences man like uh it can be it can be outside of art it can be other artists oh man if you want to talk horrible names (laughs) (laughs) um like when I was first looking at a lot of graffiti and stuff, I was like, I had this book, Graffiti Europe and Graffiti Women, and I would look at a lot of like female graffiti artists just because they would paint more than words. They'd paint like women's faces and like actual, you know, kind of weird artistic, colorful, you know, things that I was kind of a little bit more interested in. Um, just because I was doing art for so long, you know, yeah. but I've al- I've always known how to do like graffiti letters, styles, all that stuff. I'd say all the old school graffiti writers that, you know, I looked up to. The very first one I met was um, Sin One from Detroit. Mm-hmm. He came down, he painted a wall over by the skate park uh, at this um, skate shop. And he just like taught me a lot, dude. You know, he taught me all about caps and different like, brands of paint and how to always stay racked up with a lot of different cans because like when you really think about it you're gonna need some sort of pop or whatever and if, if you don't have it on hand then you're fucked yeah but um i mean he's the one that designed eminem's uh fucking pill tattoo oh, he did missy elliott's album cover like nice he's a legit like you know artist and, and what was it sin one sin one nice yeah s s-e-n nice nice um he also goes by Syntex, S-E-N-T-E-X. Um, I'd say Dime over in Europe. Love his stuff. Um, D-A-I-M? Bait. Yeah. Yeah, Dime. Bates. Love it. Um, I love Mad C's work right now. She's killing it. Uh, Softless is fucking sick. Like, I don't know. Philippe Pantone, like. Yeah, oh yeah. Whew. Yeah, Cobra, like every everybody. Insane. There's like so many people right now. I can just thumb through my Instagram. Yeah, and be yeah. Like, love, 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 we love. We just do this know. all day. Yeah, all day yeah. long. You know, you. I feel you. You. Oh, well, thank you. You know, likewise, like, homie. Fucking love your shit. Yeah, dude. dude. Bro. Thanks pro- so much. I've probably I've probably stared at some of your artwork in the past, like oh yeah, out at a festival or something. You know, that's what's and up. not realized it. Yeah, we we probably do run in small circles in that. Yeah, it's a small sense. world, yeah, man. For it's sure. super cool to be to be back here. Uh, yeah, doing this mural and getting a lot of love from random people in the community who pull up and stuff. And I mean, how does that make you feel when you know we're doing this mural of uh, a lot of the Black lives that have been lost? Mm-hmm. 
over the past several years and months. How does it make you feel when people pull up and they're like, oh, we love it? I mean, obviously good, but, yeah, you know, what else comes to mind? Um, I'm happy that they appreciate that we're doing it, but I think that beyond that, like, the the first thing that strikes me when I pull up on something like this is, like, it's beautiful, but it's sad that it has to happen. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, we should be honoring people that are still alive doing great things for us equally we shouldn't have to fight for this right it's really sad i've lived with it my whole life and i've seen it firsthand like living as a kid in germany i got put off the the bus by military police with m16s because there was some sort of riot inside it i may or may not have slapped somebody for calling me the n-word uh at age four i'm just saying <laughs> it's it's always been there it's always going to be here but the only way that it's going to really change or make a difference is if we start calling people out on their bullshit. Like all my friends, you know, they call me now and they're upset about all this. And they're like, I'm sorry for the times that we were hanging out and somebody did something low key racist to you or said something fucked up to you. And I didn't step up and say something. You know, it's like, don't worry about it. You know, I let it go because honestly, that person doesn't know from right or wrong. You yeah. Know? And it's like, the more things that I ignore and don't let in my universe, the more they start disappearing out of my own bubble. Yeah, out of your experience. Which helps me focus more on changing other people's right. lives and minds and, like, helping them out, you know? Like, random yeah. people talk to me at bars and stuff. It's like, I don't shut people out to where it's like, I'm, I don't want to talk to you or anything like that. I just make sure that, you know, my my own peace and, and intent is not blemished or even tarnished by what their opinions are totally can't take it personally that's a beautiful way to look at things thank you yeah man yeah and i think like uh doing a mural like this can bring some sort of unity oh absolutely because it's not going to be just black people taking pictures in front of it it's going to be white asian you know filipino like everybody is going to take a picture in front of this yeah i want it to be we want it we want it to be a uh a landmark you know absolutely absolutely man um let's see so let's pivot a little bit Mm -hmm. uh let's talk about how to make it in the art game just in general Hmm. what kind of uh strategies (coughs) if any, do you have uh, um, for for making it out there? For every person that says no to you, there's, keep in mind, there's about 10 more people that will say yes. Yeah. So don't let your shortcomings or downfalls really trip your, your hustle up. Totally. Just keep adapting to how things are going to go. Yeah. You know, um, if you can't adapt, then, you know, you might not be, cut out for this because right i've gotten jobs to where people are like yeah it's locked in and then like a week later it falls apart you know and you're like mentally banking going oh i'm getting x amount of dollars by doing this and i'll be able to live you know because i'm a living working artist like i don't work any other jobs every day i wake up i do something to make money off of art right and my tattooing is my everyday solid thing i can book up but i book it by my own schedule so i can also take the days like this to do murals weeks like this to do murals and i can dip out and do a tattoo and then come back and do work on a mural you know so i have balance in my life my son you know he's he we spend a lot of time together we we still have a good healthy relationship yeah he spends time with my with my parents his grandparents so you know everybody helps each other in order for me to sustain this life and my mom you know, was the one that kind of set me on that path. She said, you'll never get rich working for any man. Like, so I told, and I told her, I was like, I I can't do anything other than art. Yeah. I've tried all temp jobs, all kind of jobs, you know, like same here. Yeah. I soldered microchips on cell phones. Yeah. Shit like that. And I was like, this is no, no. Sounds like some tedious soul crushing work. It is. It is. (laughs) You're working in a box with no windows. Yeah staring at schematics the only fun part was like when you take a phone and you fix it and there's like some 
some music saved on it. You could like listen to the music <laughs> or whatever. So those are the fun little gems. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, I know about Soul Crushing work too. I was a cashier for a while. What other <sighs> shitty jobs have you had? I mean, my first I could job. Go on, my I first job I ever had. I used to design, or not design, but I used to decorate cookie cakes for Great American Cookie Company. No way. Yeah, Bachelor Manor Mall. What was that like? <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Sweet. Dude. Like yeah, it was, it was sweet. fucking sweet. Yeah, literally sugary. <laughs> um, like it was pretty cool to play with the piping and icing and stuff, and just like see what I can draw out with it. I made like four new designs for them. And then I mean, like, do you own the rights to those or no? <laughs> and then <laughs> I was like 16. <laughs> oh. And then I like airbrushed for a little while, Airbrush Express. I worked at Hollister. That sucked. Balls. Oh, that sucked. <laughs> so you're laughing at me, Malibu <laughs> Mark. You're like, oh, Hollister, huh? <laughs> it just <laughs> doesn't seem very on brand. Do I, I look? Do I look very Hollister? No, I don't. But I didn't have like long hair then or a beard, so I was uh, a style rep. Uh, and then, you know, like I did a slew of other crazy fucking things, settled kinda into like just doing uh doing live art and like doing yeah, my yeah. tattoo apprenticeship. And then like my uh what was it, like uh a good friend of mine, J.K. McKnight, he hits yeah. me up and he's like, hey, I got this new festival thing I'm trying to work on in Tyler Park. You know, you want to come do some art? So me and a couple other artists, Sean Griffith, like Griffin. Um, shouts. Shout, shouts. Uh, he basically like organized all the first artists into Forecastle and like, you know, I was blessed to be a part of it. And nice. like it grew from there and then like the more I involved I got with Forecastle I became the prop curator and set decorator or whatever so we would like we had this place where we got all these nets buoys fucking uh uh, like nautical props to make it look like a you know a ship so I'm over here hanging up nets that are like still covered in like brine and seaweed yeah brine and seaweed yeah yeah so it was it was wild like I, I learned a lot I learned a lot about large scale um, production as yeah, far yeah. as like as what it takes, as, yeah, all what the, it takes, yeah, yeah, all the logistical things. Um, it's a lot fundraising, of fundraising, all that, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was it was a very good learning experience. I did that for like close to close to eleven years, and then when AC Entertainment uh, bought into the festival, it kind of got too big for you know me to obviously handle on my own but sure. we wanted they wanted a more streamlined kind of approach because the footprint of how many people were showing up is bigger and bigger so yeah. we couldn't have a lot of props in the area so totally understandably we like cut a lot of things out aesthetically from forecastle but i'm still like last year i was like i painted there for mo and like nice. everybody in the party cove and me and my uh best friend we were the um party cove kind of secondary hype men oh nice <laughs> i was gonna say hype. captains but... the unofficial hype men <laughs> yeah but it was a good time man it was, it was nice. a lot of fun yeah city festivals like i feel like that's a whole different beast than just like having a camping festival out in the woods it is it is it totally is because like a city festival like you can't obviously camp in the middle of the city one year we did right. try that though <laughs> we used uh champions park where is that? Is uh, it north or like kind of north of it's, Riverfront? Or yeah, it's north of the Riverfront. Um, Champions Park is where, but right by the water tower, right? Okay. Front, yeah. Okay. But you know, you tried it out, didn't really work. Yeah, not really. I don't think so. Um, but like in the earlier stages, like me and my my team, we were uh, also night security for <laughs> Forecastle, so we got to. I don't know if this is legal or not. We got to uh, camp out on lot. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> and it was fun though. Like, I remember one year, like we were camped out, and these guys just walk up, and we're sitting over in VIP on these giant Red Bull bean bags, and these guys just walk up, and they get in the Finlandia tent, and they grab some champagne, and they pop it. I said, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" I turn around, I said, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" He said, "Oh, you don't know who the fuck I am." Oh, that's <laughs> so always all a great up. way to I lead said, off uh, a conversation. I said, uh, "Obviously not. I'm sorry, but I'm upside down, like looking at him laying on this giant beanbag." Uh huh. 
It's Jim James from uh, My Morning. Uh, I said, ah, oh, shit, sit down. Your voice is heavenly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we sit down and like drink some champagne together. Nice. But yeah, they. I mean, they're cool guys. It was awesome, dude. Yeah, just like getting all those different types of experiences. I feel like oh, yes. that, for me at least, like doing shitty jobs or working in different capacities at festivals and stuff. It teaches you a lot about like your character. Absolutely. And, like, your your level of shit you'll put up with in order to like keep focused on what you really want to do. Right, exactly. Don't let the job break you, basically. You uh-huh. know, like, uh-huh. I'll work it. You learn how to budget your time a little better, too. Very much. Very much so. Because, like, usually a shitty job is very demanding of your time. Yep. Very demanding. Yeah. Like, look at all the people that work, like, six, seven, eight-hour shifts. And, like, then they have to go home, go to sleep, or, like, go home and take care of their kids and all that stuff. Yeah. Or go home and do another four-hour job or something. Or, yeah, four-hour shift, you know? Yeah. Two part-time jobs. Like, if if you have a passion about something, follow that fucking passion because... That passion is going to provide a service or a good for or or a product or something for somebody or a group or a demographic of somebody's, and then that's your that's your purpose, that's your job. Exactly. You know, everybody yeah. has their own little thing. Totally. Yeah, it's just sometimes I think finding that thing can be yeah. the hardest part. That yep. was for me, at least. I mean, I I know I repeat. Why do you myself. think it was the hardest part for you? Um. There was, I don't know. What was in your way? Just, of course, my myself, you know. But, like, I guess I, there was a point, too, where I didn't, I couldn't decide whether or not I wanted to make music or make art. And you then you bef- before that, you know, like in high school, like... Look at, look at Brandon Boyd. Who? From, in- from Incubus. You oh, yeah, do, yeah. You can do both. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Claudio uh, Sanchez, Coheed and Cambria. Oh, dude. You can do both. That guy is amazing. Uh, that's I mean, he writes his whole graphic novels and then makes Armory albums Wars. about them. I got the new Armory Wars, and it's like, oh, man, it's so good. So good. I got all of his shit. You got the graphic novels, too? Yeah, I got the new uh, graphic one, the new Armory Wars. Damn. Yeah. It's like hard hard edition. Like It, it was on a pre-order. Yeah. So I got it early. I got the uh, CD, uh, Heavenly Creatures. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what one it is. Nice. And I got the uh, face mask from the character. And oddly enough, the character looks like me. Like he has long, <laughs> he has long dreads. Like, really? Yeah, a beard. Like it's fucking wild. You gotta nice. check it out. Maybe uh, it's based off you, and he just like sees you, know you in an I've alternate seen, dimension. I've seen or him something. in concert so many times. Like maybe he did see me out in the crowd. I was like, hey, there's. There's there's the uh, next chapter. Yeah, I mean, it could just be subconsciously imprinted on him, That's too. That's pretty fucking wild. You know what I mean? My son's hair looks like his hair. <laughs> oh, really? It's like... Yeah, it's like, wow, dude. Yeah, his, my son's hair is like down mid-back. mid, mid back. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my hair does that, but kind of like, you know, curly fry version. No, like his, if, his hair is curly. He's half Mexican. Yeah. And, and half me. <laughs> nice. Mexican to Germany and half me. Uh, yeah, what were we talking about, though? Fuck. Uh, oh, yeah, budgeting your yeah, time, and, budgeting time and being creative. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, budgeting your budget for your creative supplies. Yeah. Some people work a job to pay for their creative job. Some people work a job to pay for their, you know, living so they can, right. you know, pursue that. Yeah. It's all about really, like, what are you working for? Yeah, and you're just kind of finding your way through the maze of life yeah. too. And how and how much? Do you ever feel like life is like a video game sometimes? Yeah, I do too. Every day. Yeah, like Every if I get up, if I hop out of bed in the morning, like mm-hmm. as soon as I wake up, that's like a hundred points. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting a little gold coin of Mario or something. Oh yeah, someday I don't make it past that hundred points. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Oh, fuck. I mean. Some days are just like that. Yeah, but that's like you get that's to different a, that's levels. That's another part of like being an artist too. Like you're 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 a bit of an undiagnosed manic depressive. Yeah, I feel that. You know, like some Definitely days you're that. like, damn, I want to make everything beautiful, and then some days you're like, yeah, <sighs> everything needs to like, I need to, I need to just know, I can't with it. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, shout out to the earth, wind, and fire in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> EWF, baby. All day. What's your favorite song on that album? 
Is it Serpentine? Is it September? What we got? I like Jupiter. I think that's my favorite one. This is... Or no, is that Serpentine Fire? No, it's... No. Or is it? I don't know which one that is. I don't know. I hope this isn't like breaking any copyright laws. Yeah, I hope this... Yeah, yeah, it is Serpentine Fire. Oh, it is? Hell yeah. Yeah, Jupiter. I mean, all of them are just... I could jam to the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. I like this inner artwork here. I hope I can... I want to show this. Yeah, you should. I should put this right it's here. It's all the... Well, it looked like all the Zodiacs, but it's, no, it's, it's kind of like, like a... religious iconography. Yeah. Yep. Which is all, you know... It's all the It's all there. It's yep. all there. <laughs> it's got a kalimba. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually one of the songs on there. But yeah, that's a, that's a good album. I do not see... Well, I guess you could say that's an Anunnaki sign. I got uh, that's like the first DNA. Cadacious or whatever. Yeah, that's like Catechus. the first DNA uh, symbol. I got it tattooed on my leg. Nice. Right yeah, here. I was noticing that the other day. Yeah, I got. It's like the stuff. Kundalini rising up into the, mm -hmm. up the spine basically. Yeah, and it gives you wings. The chakras. Yeah, kind of like this Red Bull here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Product placement. <laughs> uh, shit. What else did I want to ask you? Um, oh yeah, I usually ask people like what advice do they have for uh younger artists out there or if you could give I mean it could be psychological, it could be planning, it could be something about process. But, like if you could give younger I mean, artists advice. Yeah, like as far as planning like it's the five Ps like proper planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> yeah. It's old military saying. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Exactly. That's a nice one. I'd say uh, don't take anything personally as an artist because if you hold on to too much of your own personal character, you miss interpreting other people's feelings and, and sometimes those are the things that you need to convey. Yeah. Um, keep an open mind keep hustling like um right now in this age like it's so easy to become famous because of social media but also when it comes to that type of shit like if you're not if you're not mentally ready to to perform and produce your product to the best of your abilities and still love exactly what comes out of it love what you do 100 percent, be yeah. happy with it then you might not be doing it for the right reasons. Exactly. Like if you go chasing clout on Instagram or something, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's really, that's at that point, art is just your excuse for chasing likes or like attention more or less. Exactly. Instead of using Instagram the other way where it's like, it's a tool so that people can see your art. Yeah. Like that's, that's why like when I started my Instagram or whatever, it was just like, mostly for just like my tattoos and like to show that you know yeah, I, yeah. I put a little bit of like my personal life on there and then i had murals on there mixed with it and then i got so many murals like added up over the time i needed to just start another one so i have two instagrams one's for tattoo and one's for my murals what are those uh the tattoo one is at resco r-e-s-k-o tattoo t-a-t-t-o-o -T -T -O -O, all one word and the other one is at resco r-e-s-k-o underscore c-m-a c as in charlie m as in mary a as in albert nice that was a solid plug i try i got you <laughs> um so yeah i wanted to talk to you about tattooing too because mm -hmm. i don't really know shit about it i have zero tattoos ah um i wanted one for a while just haven't had like the extra yeah. like thousand bucks to throw down on one whoa but you think that's how much like i mean small tattoos cost no but <laughs> i mean i want you there's know a 60 dollar like, minimum i want to uh <laughs> you're like i'll hook you up no i'm just saying like you can start off with a small one yeah see how build it feels, off of it yeah and then build your mind around that for bigger and bigger tattoos i think just as an artist or whatever mm -hmm. like i would want one that like makes it look like 
you could fall into my back. Oh, that can easily be done. Yeah? Yeah. Those Sweet. portal tattoos are actually, like, kind of what's going on. But, like, on that grand of a scale, that big of a scale, we could get really detailed. Yeah. And, like, Go in. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the, like, line work tattoos. When I start, like, seeing them in my feed pop up, I'm going to start sending them to you on Instagram. Please do, yeah. And those things are fucking nuts, dude. They take a little bit of time, but you just got to... You got to roll with it, you know, and yeah. really it's about understanding the pain of how it feels to get tattooed and like mentally breaking that barrier going past one, two, three hours. Yeah. Yeah. When people uh, who do tattoos talk about their clients, they're like, you know, they, they're like, oh, you were a champ or whatever. Yeah. And it's all about that. Because, I mean, yeah, I'd, like, you know, I tattooed myself for my very first tattoo and it's on my thigh right here. What is it? It's a koi fish. Like nice. a neo-traditional, like kind of a, actually a new school style koi fish, like a big cartoon eye or whatever. Nice. And it's it's probably got it like 16 different colors in it, con- including black. Nice. <laughs> so my first session I did black and gray, let that heal out. That was about six hours outlined in black and gray. Sec- let that heal out. Second session was the blue and greens let that heal out yeah that was like another three hours and then the last session was uh about four or five hours of like the warmer colors and touch-ups so i mean it's about 12 years old still looks yeah great but like tattooing yourself (laughs) is an intense experience i'd imagine yeah like my first line i was like fuck 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 (sighs) I was like, all right, I got to do this. So, like, to pass my apprenticeship, I just mentally just focused on exiting the pain and entering... Like a flow the, state the or something? flow state. Yeah. But it's all about breathing techniques, you know, and just... It's the energy exchange tattooing is. It's like, if your energy's off, then I'm going to pick up your energy. But if I'm experienced in dealing with it, I'm not going to get frustrated if right. you move, if you need an extra break, if you're crying or screaming at the top of your lungs i'm not gonna get frustrated because i know how to manage your energy because that's what we do as tattoo artists we're yeah. kind of like acupuncturist yeah yeah and i imagine you've got a great handle over your own energy at that point too to be able i mean to yeah do you know like when that. you need a break you just yeah she's like i need a break because <laughs> sometimes when you're tattooing somebody you're like all right yeah i need a break but i can usually like guide people into a, a relaxed state nice. especially on their first tattoos things like yeah. that like do you play a little like meditation music or you play whatever's playing in a shop usually it's like yeah. i don't know what were you like i'll listen to like a lot of like trap music yeah yeah we were listening to like coulter waller the other day yeah. like <laughs> we were just i don't know country whatever whatever the person wants to a or, lot of rock a lot of yeah. hardcore like Really, it's, it's a mixture of ever. Uh, Post Malone. Nice. A lot of Posty. <laughs> a, lot um, of, a lot of Dolph. <laughs> young Dolph. Yeah, all day. Yeah, Shouts. I'm getting, I'm getting, yeah, thanks for introducing me to the trap game. It's Dolph. Yeah. You got to bop to it, man. You got to. It's, it's just I love all it. day. I love it. Keeps your body loose when you're, when you're painting too. You oh, just yeah. get down, bop a little bit, yeah. get back into it. What am I at uh, now, Mark? 33% Gucci Mane? Yeah, thirty three percent. Oh, I mean, you haven't gone into the Gucci archives. No. You haven't gone to. You haven't had Fat Gucci like pre prison. Yeah, pre prison Gucci. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got fit I'll get Gucci. There. <laughs> I'll get there. We'll go back. Um, but so back to tattooing. Um, Bose. Sorry, how to do Bose. Bose. I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just fun to do. <laughs> Bose. Me and, uh, my, me and my niggas pull up in the Rolls Royce boss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That is content right there. Um, but I wanted to ask you. All right, serious time. No. Okay, yeah. Um, so did you... Who did I vote for? No. Any <laughs> better win today. Booker all day. That's today? Yeah. Booker. They should be announcing. I think, he, I think as of this morning, he should have like a 59% lead. Yeah, Hell I yeah. think he might secure it. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's going that way. I haven't checked the polls or anything. Y'all might want to fact check that right now. But as soon as up. I got up, Pull it was up, like Mark. nine minutes. My buddy posted it. 
Um, I was, I don't. Son of a bitch! I don't like that. I don't like you shaking your head at me. Ah, this interview's gonna go south now. Nah, man. We need to bring it back. Bring it back. We're gonna bring it back. No, it's all good. Bring it back. Bring it back. Your apprenticeship was that like a self-taught apprenticeship? Because you were like, oh, definitely not. You, you like, I finished out my apprenticeship doing this one tattoo. So I'm like, all right, all right. Uh, I apprentice. Take us through that, because like, I've heard some stories about being a tattoo apprentice. (laughs) Some are good. Some are pretty shitty like what was your experience like well i apprenticed under uh rodney adams over at twisted images um my buddy carl otto kind of got me in there um great group of everybody guys there like shout shout outs to twisted images on barstown road my peoples um you know like it was it was nice doing the apprenticeship um i learned a lot I learned a lot about like just the traditional old school style of like building needles, understanding custom work with your client and understanding how it fits to the body, uh, the anatomy of the body. I learned a lot about piercings, like the uh, customer care, how to retain clients, just basic, you know, good shop etiquette. That's why they've been around for so long. Totally. Um, you know, uh, after, after I left there or, um, I kind of quit tattooing for a little while because honestly, the first tattoo I did, you know, I, it wasn't up to my standards. Yeah. Um, and it kind of rattled me, so I I quit tattooing for a little bit and just floated around and worked. Um, but my whole apprenticeship was great. I was never like picked on or anything like that. Traced a lot of Cherry Cherry Creek fl- uh, Flash, drew stuff like sat in on a lot of tattoos. Um, nice. You know, me and Rodney had a lot of like long talks. Um, I would draw stuff, get feedback from him, you know, like it was, it was great. You know, Amy was always, you know, be there to encourage me to try different things. Everybody would give me a different drawing assignment, you know, and yeah, yeah. Just, we'd have fun with it. We'd all critique it. Um, it was just like being kind of in like art school all over again, you know, That's right. but I was learning the mechanics of tattooing, nice. like relearning the mechanics of tattooing after I got back into it. I did, uh, with, uh, Ryan Sexton, um, and he basically like stripped me down to a traditional tattoo artist. So um, I know I still know how to do like photorealistic black and gray, soft black and grays, all that stuff. But doing hard nosed traditional tattooing gives you that that uh, that meat and bones of like mechanics and hand mechanics and muscle memory of doing that tattoo. You know, yeah, of any tattoo. What's the What's the hardest part about doing a tattoo or making a tattoo? Um, probably getting the design approved by the client. Ah. You know, like, you can draw stuff, and then, like, if they don't love it, then it's not going on their body. Yeah, totally. And if it's going on their body and they don't love it, either the client hasn't spoken up or the artist has not listened to the client. I'm big on listening to what people want. Totally. Because my art's going on your body forever, and you're going to show it to other people. I don't want to be, I don't want you to, like talk shit about the tattoos that yeah. I've done on you. <laughs> yeah. You want the people to be stoked about it. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I want them to be, like, really stoked on it. Oh, yeah. Um, so but, you were talking about tattoo etiquette. What is what is good tattoo etiquette? Good tattoo etiquette is just, like, you're, like, kind of like, you know, hospital etiquette, like you're a doctor, you know? Oh, like, like a, bedside manner? Yeah, but, but a little bit further, like, friendship, too. Like, yeah. you tattoo your friends. Like, every everybody comes in and gets tattooed at North Star Tattoo where we're at up in New Albany, 1259 Vincent Street. Plug. Shouts. Shout, shout, shout. What's it called again? North Star Tattoo. North Star Tattoo? Yes. Okay, that's North Star Tattoo. Yes, the star that is north. In Indiana. In Indiana. New to the Albany. New to the Albany. Albany. It's a All big right. It's a big black building with a bunch of yellow, old school, traditional tattoos. Now, is, it, on is it. it true that if you leave Louisville over the bridge... And go into Indiana, uh, you can't come back. That's what I've heard. That's what somebody told me. Only on the pay, br- <laughs> only on the toll bridge. Okay. <laughs> Fuck that toll bridge. Yeah. All right. Take the Sherman Mitten. And I heard it was like purgatory you, or something. From my house, there. from my house, like literally two minutes away in Germantown uh-huh. from where we are. Yeah. I'll go down East Breckenridge, turn on Knife Street, get okay. on the expressway there. Yeah. Go towards St. Louis. Okay. 
Go over to Sherman Mitten. Word. Get off. Go straight down State Street. Take a left. Go up Vincent's. Boom, I'm there. And they let you back in. Bada bing, bada boom. After that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you got to drive fast coming back yeah. so they don't catch you. Yeah. But yeah. All right. I mean, you know. Cool. Yeah. So that's North Star Tattoo in New yeah, Albany. Right over All there. Right. We're like 15 minutes away from here. Yeah. What's the craziest story someone has ever told you while they're getting tattooed? They got shot. Sorry, that's not. I funny. mean, you can't get crazier than that. Yeah, they right. Got shot on an accidental meth deal in Mexico. Ooh, yeah, spicy. Yeah, um, they like were just riding around and they crossed the border, and dude didn't know he was like with the dude that was doing some deal, and was like, Aye. "What the fuck?" And then all of a sudden, he got shot. <laughs> He's like, I lived a good. He's like, I lived. I was like, man, don't tell me that ever again. <laughs> Nice. All right. Um, let's see. Let me wrap. We're going to wrap it up here pretty soon. I know you have tattoo appointments today, right? I have one later. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so you build your own clientele with your tattooing. Mm-hmm. Do they just trust you more or less with your own designs at this point? Kind of. Um, they, they seek me out based off of like other work word of mouth like nice. friend reference I don't really advertise a lot because I'm so busy with other stuff I would I'd be booked out for like a year yeah and I want to push everybody back like that um, totally. but over time you just build up that rapport and that trust with your with your artist and when you do that that's when you, they kind of like willingly give up your body like yeah um, I had I had a best friend Bradley Thomas like at rest in peace he did we did close to over a hundred hours of work on them, but like we were going for a full body suit and you know, sadly enough, he's not here to finish it out. But my last tattoo I did on him was a full Japanese back, uh, yeah. uh, outline of a um, samurai conquering his, a demon. Cause you know, he's conquering his demons and that's badass though. Like, I, I love those uh, drawings. Yeah. That style. I, I want, I want to like find, somebody willing to dedicate uh, the slab of their skin that if they pass, I will get that skin and preserve it. <sighs> I want to do something. All right, if I get a tattoo that. from you, we're going to get this. We're going to write this down. Nah, dude. We're going to get this get in writing. Back piece. No, that's fine. Okay, cool. I won't need it. Nah. We we're can, not, you can not, like. Don't you put that evil on me, Robin Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not how do, do you that. preserve skin, though? Um, kind of, Kind of like how you like. You just like throw it in, kind of dehydrate it basically. You know? Like from uh, dehydrated? Like, okay. Yeah. Or I can just get a slab of pig skin and tattoo that and then preserve it and it will look like human skin. Ah. And you can tell people this was Andrew's back. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes. Does it, will it the sort of look of. like an old pirate map? I'll take it on tour. Okay, yeah. It'd be the new thing. You could turn it just, into a flag. Oh. You know? One of, the, one of the camping like flags. Like a rage flag? Rage at a flag. Mm-mm. No? I'm going to turn it to a totem. Yeah, don't take my back, you gotta back be, to festivals, you gotta be, actually. You got to be raging with... Uh, yeah. I haven't been to a festival in, like, over... Like, besides Forecastle. Yeah. Um, like, an out-of-town out festival in, like, four, three, four years. Yeah. I snuck into Forecastle. Yeah? Yeah. How'd you do that? There was a fence. I wasn't looking. I know. We didn't know each other back then. I know, but I'm glad you did get in. Yeah. I was just, I was real, I was big on to like sneaking into places Forecastle. at the time. And so I was like, let's try Forecastle. <laughs> I got into the Derby this year, so. Oh, yeah? How about, how I about Forecastle? I did that one time. It was kind of Well, weird. not this, this year, but that year. Yeah. Anyway. Um, let's see. Forecastle should be free to everybody that lives in Louisville. Like the That's Detroit right. Electronic Music Festival used to be. Oh, for real? Dimp was free for it started off as like a just like a waterfront kind of style. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was free to the public that lived in Detroit, you know what I'm saying? And then it got bigger and bigger, but like if Forecastle was Yeah, they've done some free shows. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there used to be the I don't know if they still do it here anymore, but the 4th of July like free festivals on the waterfront or free concerts on the waterfront. Who? Like Al Green played here one oh, year oh yeah i mean yeah we've That's had like tight. waterfront 
Wednesdays and stuff like that, oh, but yeah. it's usually over by the walking bridge now. Uh, yeah, they don't they don't really have it on a great lawn all that much anymore because I guess it was too much maintenance to too, keep up. It was too lit. No, on the ground, oh. the grounds it was yeah, just yeah. too hard to keep up with the grass. Got it. It's too lit for the ground. Too lit for the for the shits. <laughs> Wait, Forecastle tears it up. Was enough. it too legit to quit? It was too legit to quit. Nice. <laughs> too legit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> uh, so okay, last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, what That's is the per- do you have a purpose with your artwork, or do you have a uh, holy shit. a mission? Kind of question. Wow, it's a deep one. I'm just gonna get up and walk away, and you can. <laughs> My sole purpose. No. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I think my sole purpose is like I think my sole purpose is to make things that will ultimately cause you some sort of emotion. Yeah. Whether you love it or hate it not up to me and if i can't reach you with words which i don't need to talk to a lot of people i'll paint something right and if that reaches you then i've done my job if my sole purpose is to tattoo you and my art reaches you that way and the the connections there then i'm with you forever it's the same as if you look at a mural subconsciously I'm with you forever. Right. So I think my sole purpose is to create things that you can look at visually to remember that there was some sort of peaceful, happy, great story behind our interaction. Right. Whether you're out having a nice drive and you're like, holy shit, look at that big mural. Let's go take a picture in front of it. Whether you want to propose to your wife in front of a mural that I've done, whether you want to shoot a music video in front of where I've done, it's resonating and it's, it's back. It's a background for good memories. Yeah. So like creating that space. Yes. For things to happen. Yes. That's what's up. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. My honor. Oh yeah. Thank you. you, bro. Love you. All right. Well, that'll wrap her up. And thanks for watching our, I guess this will be our second video, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. One of the first videos. Shouts. Shouts.